So I've been trying to figure this out with the pandemic benefits and the waivers and the problems with the Department of Workforce Development. This is a mess, and it looks like a mess. And what it looks like is in government incompetence. That's what it looks like. Not only has there been a poor job in the reporting, there's been a very poor job, I think, from the Department of Workforce Development in explaining the issue and levels of responsibility. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. You can also find him at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick on Twitter on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Of course, you guys have the story. You're Alex Brown reporting. This is about federal pandemic unemployment benefits. And how things have been paid out to people, whether some people got overpaid and whether or not they would have to pay money back. Can you break down this story in a way that makes sense? Uh, that That's a challenge, <laughs> Tony. As, as you said, it, you know, I think by any uh, measure, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a mess. And, and part of it is a communications issue. And certainly the state's department of uh, workforce development had a news conference on Friday to try to clarify or try to put some semblance of order into the, uh, you know, into the process, stressing that the state does have an overpayment waiver program for pandemic uh, benefits because our partners at wish TV reported that uh, uh, hundreds of complaints had con- come in regarding unemployment, overpayment issues, and those types of things. So uh, I I know from a state perspective, they're hoping that the news conference on Friday will begin to put things uh, in focus and get things back on track, but it it has been a bit of a mess. 800 complaints, this from your reporting and and your news gathering partners, same with ours at at, at Wish TV regarding unemployment overpayment issues. Uh, the, the, the the question before us is, are we going to start seeing people told by the state, you have to give us back thousands of dollars, and does the state even know if they're right in asking for it back if these people got overpaid due to COVID unemployment? Yeah, those uh, and, and those are the questions that are kind of uh, top of mind, if you will. The state is saying, no, there is a uh, there is a, a waiver program uh, for the pandemic uh, benefits, and, and they're saying that is not the case, that these folks are going to be, uh, you know, required to do that. So, again, a lot of questions remain even after uh, the news conference to clarify things on, on Friday. Let's take a look at some of the other things going on uh, inside Indiana business. I know you, you spoke uh, with the, the new head of IU, uh, Pamela Witten. Um, I, I, uh, I think people want to see how things go with somebody new at the helm, uh, down there. What is, what is the take? What is it that we can expect from Indiana university going into the next uh, few years? And then what's the measuring stick? Well, you know, I think the measuring stick in part will be what has happened the last uh, 14 years or so under the leadership of uh, Michael McRobbie. There was a big uh, push for for research uh, dollars, had record numbers of research dollars coming into the state. And when you talk about research, it's about solving these critical issues for not only for Indiana, but uh, for the globe, if you will. But there's also an economic impact to that. Pamela Witten, who comes to IU from Kennesaw State uh, University in Georgia, she led that university for three years, elevated it to a research institution. So she made it clear that uh, she uh, believes that research is very important uh, for any university. But she also talked 
uh, about, uh, importantly, she wanted to stress that she, she is a student-centered uh, president. She will focus everything around the student at the university, whether it's here in Bloomington or regional campuses around the state. So it will be interesting to watch. She's very personable, uh, very engaging. Uh, we had the first television interview with her uh, this weekend. Uh, her background inc- includes uh, a number of years, I think nearly 20 years at Michigan State University. She was also provost at, at Georgia. So, so she comes with uh, a very robust resume uh, and this is, let's face it, uh, for education all over the country, uh, these are critical times, the issue of cost, the issue of relevance, of connecting in the business community and communities uh, around the state. Those are all top of mind uh, issues uh, that she faces as she comes into this uh, this uh, new role. One of the stories that you're focused on at InsideIndianaBusiness.com is about an angel network, right? An IU angel network investing in an esports startup. Now, it's not so much about the esports uh, startup. Uh, esports is growing and growing well. But rather, it's about taking a look at where Indiana is in this venture capital world, in this angel world, in a post-COVID world, we saw the opportunities. We saw things building here. We saw people bringing their money, their capital here, seeing uh, the the mines that are here, what it is uh, that the Purdue's and the IU's and the Ball State's and the others have developed and created, trying to keep people right here in Indiana, which is in a very, very important subject. Now we take a look at life post-COVID. Does that change the investment uh, from the angels and from uh, the, the venture capitalists into businesses in Indiana? Well, certainly leaders here in the state hope that's the case. And Tony, you're very interesting. It was last week we did an interview with uh, Michael Angelier, who's the CEO of TechPoint, uh, the state's uh, tech advocacy group, if you will. Uh, and he said venture capital dollars coming into the state, in the state and coming into the state for the first half of this year, are already above the entire year of 2019. So that's a positive sign. You, 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 you say, hey, that points to the fact that there are good things going on here. There's innovation. There are entrepreneurs and leaders here who, who can lead companies, and, and folks are beginning to take notice. Indiana is certainly not where it needs to be. Uh, when it comes to venture capital, still lag around the rest of the country. You know, a very small number of states, California, Massachusetts, Texas, I think those three states account for something like, uh, I think New York is in there too, something like uh, 80 or 90 percent of the uh, the venture capital dollars in the country. So uh, we've got a long way to go, but things are pointing to uh, the positive side when it comes to venture capital and investing uh, in ideas and in innovation in the state. So we see uh, an, an uptick. Do we see other states and other businesses recognizing that the, the, the capital people are coming here looking for opportunity and maybe they should have some businesses based here as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's no question about it that Indiana is on the radar screen now. Uh, again, have a long way to go. Let, let's not sugarcoat it too much. Uh, that there's a long way to go when it comes to getting those dollars in to fuel uh, innovation. But the fact of the matter is, and we're talking about uh, the new president at IU and research dollars and innovation and those types of things. You look at the academic pipeline, the the firepower, if you will, here in Indiana, it's as good as you're going to find anywhere in the country when you look at the public institutions, you look at the private institutions around the state of Indiana. The key is, or a key is, I think, is continuing to engage those universities 
and and growing innovation and and getting some of these ideas from faculty and, and others and students out to the public and out out in the forefront. And those are the things I, I think we've begun to see that uh, around the state of Indiana, but it's going to be critical to driving those dollars. And again, in a post-pandemic world, I think increasingly, as you look at the business climate in states like California, where, where businesses are leaving uh, to, to go to other places in the Midwest, Indiana and the rest of the Midwest is now becoming, uh, you know, maybe, hey, this is not a bad place to grow a business. You know, we, you can look at the affordability issue and all those types of things. So I think in this post-pandemic world, I think there's an opportunity uh, to do just that.